addressing Michigan's public policy through a research lens. Facts Matter is brought to you by the Citizens Research Council of Michigan, a 105-year-old independent nonprofit research organization that provides unbiased information on the significant issues concerning state and local government organization and finance. Our research can be found at crcmich.org. Now, let's dive into the facts that matter. Today we're going to take a look at the current state budget situation and the tremendous amount of money it has on hand, both from a budget surplus as well as the federal funds it's received, most recently from the American Rescue Plan Act. Uh, We're going to cover what the state can and cannot spend those funds on, as well as what it might mean for local government. So the big question, uh, Bob, is um, the state revenue forecast came in at $3.5 billion with a B over projections it had even as recently as January, which is a huge amount of money. Um, the economy is growing again. People are getting out uh, and, and doing things, uh, but there's still a lot of folks without jobs. Um, what is driving all this revenue growth? Right. So I, I, you're, you're correct. Uh, you're correct, Joe, in that the, you know, the economy is starting to grow, and, and that's a fact. The economy is opening up uh, even a little quicker than than folks thought in January. So, so that's playing a role, but I think by far the biggest driver in all of this uh, upward adjusted revenue and these new revisions that you referenced from last month uh, is, is the elements of uh, these three rounds of federal stimulus that we've gotten uh, over the last 12 months, which mm-hmm. you know has brought us what the Paycheck Protection Program. So uh, employers are able to pay their employees uh, even as we've uh, even as we've had business closures and and and, uh, and the economy is sort of ground to a halt. Um, the unemployment insurance um, enhancements that that have come in these in the stimulus acts, um, the, the the federal bonus, which was six hundred dollars a week at one time, now is three hundred dollars a week through uh, through Labor Day, uh, is still in place. Uh, we, it, you know, all of that, the stimulus checks that, that many of us have gotten uh, over the last uh, year or so, all of that has buffered, um, you know, what the, the losses that we've had in our wage and salary um, incomes. So uh, employment is still down. Uh, it, it's, it, it's not as far down as it was, uh, you know, uh, 12 months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, uh, it's still, if you look at Pre-COVID levels were still down about eight percent in in terms of jobs in Michigan. Salary and wage income is still down for that for that same reason. But uh, person, you know, personal income, Michigan personal income, and that includes wages and salaries, but it includes transfer payments, it includes the unemployment insurance benefits, it includes you know stimulus checks that we've that we've gotten. That grew about as high as it has in the last twenty or thirty years on record. Um, in 2020, so the year of COVID, personal income went up six over six percent, and unemployment checks, payroll prote- uh, protection program, uh, keeping people uh, keeping people getting paid, um, all of that has has had a ripple effect supporting disposable income, and of course, if I have disposable income, I'm buying things that helps our sales tax. Um, some of that income is counted for our state income tax, and those are our two biggest taxes. That that's those rounds of stimulus have driven the, the great majority of 
Um, you know, a year ago, we thought we were going to be $6 billion down in revenue. Right. Now we're actually back up. We're over, we're, we're, we're slightly over the estimates from the January that preceded COVID. Revenues are actually higher now in, in this May estimate than they were 18 months before um, before the COVID, uh, before anybody even knew what COVID was, quite frankly. Wow. And, and, and so we have an uptick in, in revenues, as, as you mentioned, um, waiting on $6.5 billion in, in federal assistance from the American Rescue Plan Act uh, that came in March. And, and the state government, the state legislature is getting ready to, you know, look at the budget and, and figure out the budget going forward. It it's, uh, needs to be passed. Eric, what can the state spend uh, the money on? I know there's some restrictions on how it gets used. They got a variety of ways to to spend it, um, but uh, but they may end up with more uh, freedom in terms of spending those funds. Where where can where can they spend that money? So so let me talk a little bit about the guidelines for ARPA, the American Rescue Plan, and and Bob can talk a little bit about the flexibility that's built into that. So the idea with ARPA, as it was with the CARES Act and and everything else, is. Um, to stimulate the economy, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I would argue that the previous funding were about stability, but really the, the ARPA is about stimulating the economy. And you're doing that, the federal government is doing that by putting money out to our state and local governments, to our, our school systems, to a number of different entities, get the money out there, have people, as, as Bob mentioned, disposable income, Go buy yourself something fancy, something pretty, right. uh, get that money circulated. Right. So for our state and local governments, the first thing they do, again, is about stability. If you've lost revenue from previous years, you can use that funding to backfill that, to say, uh, we came up short, uh, we'll come back to local government, and I'll get into that a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they mentioned the... Um, using the money for water and sewer systems, some infrastructure. It's a little dicey there because at the same time they allow that, they're talking about new infrastructure funding in DC and will that be just for roads or will that be for water and sewer? Right, right. Uh, continuing to pay our frontline workers, making sure that they're getting funding, uh, things like that. So the restrictions built in seem to be fairly narrow, but in reality, you just have to read between the lines a little bit and think about how the system works to find out how this can benefit. And, and really for the state, it creates a whole lot of flexibility. So Bob, let me kick that over to you to talk about all that flexibility. Right. And, and in particular, Eric, you mentioned you know the, the ability for states and local governments to use uh, these ARPA funds to backfill for revenue loss. And until very recently, it wasn't clear exactly what that was going to mean. Mm -hmm. um, a few weeks ago, the US Treasury put out some guidance on that facet of the ARPA funds um, that made clear how they were going to define revenue loss. Um, and you know, initially you may, just a plain reading of, of, uh, of the American Rescue Plan Act, uh, you could read it as direct revenue loss. My revenues before COVID were this, 
And if they're $500 million below, I can fill, I can fill that $500 million. What the new guidance from a few weeks ago uh, made clear is um, it wasn't just backfilling the absolute revenue loss. Treasury established a, a baseline for states and local governments, which for most, uh, for, for, for most states and local governments will allow not just maintaining pre-COVID revenues, but growing those by a baseline of about 4.1% 4, 4 is, mm. is the standard. If, you're, if, you're, if your government's revenue growth for the three years prior to COVID was even higher, you can even use a, a higher uh, percentage growth factor. But basically, it, it takes those pre-COVID levels, allows growth 4.1% per year over time, and states can backfill that full amount. So not just to get back to the pre-COVID levels, but to get, get that back plus growth. We, we did some calculations. We looked at the state's major tax, uh, uh, major tax revenues in our general fund or school aid fund and our, and our big transportation funds. Um, and running the numbers and looking at what we had in the bank pre-COVID and growing it by 4.1%, the state could use almost, the state of Michigan could use almost all of that $6.5 billion that's coming our way if the, if the current revenue estimates hold. Almost all of that could be used for backfill. Um, and that means there really are very few strengths on the money. Um, we You couldn't use... ARPA funds directly for roads, for instance, or there's a prohibition against depositing ARPA funds in a rainy day fund, our state's budget stabilization fund. But if we're if we can use the ARPA funds to backfill for revenue loss, now we have our own state funds that we can use for roads or for the rainy day fund. Um, you know, a big push by uh, some in the Republican legislature for a big unemployment insurance uh, a trust fund deposit. So, so this this new um, this new roadmap from Treasury on how to calculate this revenue loss really means, especially for Michigan and probably for a lot of states, um, we'll have a lot of flexibility with the funds because it doesn't just allow you to backfill direct revenue loss dollar for dollar, but puts in this growth factor, which is really significant for Michigan. Um, so I, I think that probably... Um, loosens the strings, and there was already a lot of flexibility, as Eric mentioned, but it loosens the strings even further, and I think it, it will allow the legislature and the governor um, probably to find ways to um, have kind of win-win, uh, you give me this, I'll give you that, and, and, and get some things done here on the upcoming budget. So I know we wanted to talk about the local governments, but I do want to talk about uh, while the state legislature's trying to figure this out with the flexibility that you guys just mentioned, there's a clock ticking in terms of getting the state budget passed. You know, at this point, the legislature, the governor's office, they know how big the pie is. They've got to get in a room and agree to how that pie is going to get sliced up. I, they've been working on that. Um, it's better to do it when you're pie is bigger than you thought than, than the opposite when you're uh, dealing with constrained resources. But as we've said it, I think several times, everybody wants their piece of it, right? Everybody sees extra money and there's a whole lot of hands up there trying to get the legislature's attention saying, send it to me, no, no, send it to me, send it to me. Uh, so prioritizing that extra money 
setting long-term goals, uh, what they want to do with that. Um, and we think just as important, not creating structural deficit problems in the future. Uh, let's not create some systems now that you're not going to be able to maintain into the future. Um, it's it's not a not the easiest thing in the you know, to do, um, but if you go into it open-eyed and with those goals in mind, we think it's certainly obtainable. Yeah, a lot of reports out there about folks standing up with their hands out, whether it's uh, roads or or schools or paying down debt, whatever it happens to be. Um, uh, there's a lot of discussions to have. Uh, speaking of another group that uh, has has interest in uh, in funds coming to them as our friends in local government, um, four billion dollars expected to come to them. Um, what does that look like, uh, and do they have the same flexibility in terms of the the state uh, uh, government, and how is that going to be you know divided up? That's a pretty big number coming to local governments. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's four billion. So it's a big number, but when you start sprinkling it across all of the townships and cities and counties in the state, um, none of them are, maybe absent Detroit, uh, none of them are getting such a huge number that it's um, it, it's as big as that $4 billion uh, right. sounds like. So for local government, the dynamics are a little different, right? Um, a year ago, the state was looking at a $6 billion deficit and holy cow, how are they going to do that? <laughs> For the local governments, uh, it, it was a different dynamic. They, they were concerned about the state revenue sharing they were going to get from the state. Mm -hmm. But from their own source revenue, property taxes were pretty consistent. Why would you think that shutting down the economy for some short amount of time was going to disrupt the property taxes the way it did during the Great Recession. There's no reason to think that we'd be foreclosing on properties or having a great out-migration out of, of manufacturing jobs or anything like that this time around. Um, the problem really rested with our 24 cities that have a local income tax. Uh, if people are not going into those cities to work, the city's not collecting those. So Detroit and Pontiac and Lansing and Grand Rapids were looking at fairly big uh, holes in their budget that immediately can be refilled with these ARPA funding. Um, part of what the state did to get through the last year was use some federal funding for state revenue sharing that uh, for statutory state revenue sharing. So uh, a subgroup of all of our local governments can right away count that money, this new ARPA money to, to make up that source. So it's sort of a, a double win. They got the funding and then they can say they didn't get the funding and, and count that again. Um, whether they're gonna make, be able to make that 4% growth rate or not is sort of uh, gonna vary among our different 1800 units of government. Um, we, we of course have property tax limitations that are going to constrain the growth of the biggest source of revenue for local governments, probably in the two to 3% range. Mm -hmm. uh, it's our communities that are, are growing at a fairly rapid rate are gonna be past that 4%. So, you know, it's, it's hard to paint with a broad brush on who's gonna be able to 
use this money for backfill the way that the state is going to be able to. Um, but certainly having that funding available and even leaving, living within the restrictions. Uh, you know, as we saw up in Flint, we have a great big problem in the state with lead service lines for our water and sewer. Right. So if nothing else, taking that money and addressing that immediate problem that's going to affect the health of a whole lot of people, um, that's a win right there. Um, and, and what we do beyond that is it's sort of gravy on, on top, I guess. Uh, all, all good, but uh, how it's used, um, it's certainly going to, you know, the trick we think is a little bit, um, suppose we decided that all of our cities would dedicate that money for water and sewer lines. There's not enough workers out there that are skilled in doing this. So, right. so how do you spend all that money is, it gets real tricky. The devil's in the details. Exactly. And that, uh, so we'll see how, how they figure out the details. There's a, a lot of decisions to be made, a lot of pie out there to uh, uh, to slice up, and and a lot of things on the to do list. Uh, you mentioned infrastructure to uh, 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 water infrastructure to road infrastructure to uh, any number of things that are on the to do list. The state could uh, could apply those funds to. So it'll be interesting to see what happens over the course of the next couple months. Certainly a unique uh, position it, it seems like uh, to have this much of a surplus going into a new budget year. Yeah, good. Well, thank you very much, uh, Eric. Uh, thank you very much, Bob. I encourage folks to stay tuned to uh, the Citizens Research Council as they continue to uh, write about uh, this uh, issue over the course of the summer, uh, leading into uh, into the fall, um, and we'll see how the how the budget gets uh, gets done. So, thank you very much, Eric, and thanks, Bob. We will talk to you soon. And yeah, thank you, Joe. Thank you. Along with this podcast, the Citizens Research Council of Michigan produces blogs, research papers, op-eds, and other resources to better inform Michigan citizens and policymakers. As an independent nonprofit, our work is funded by Michigan corporations, foundations, and individuals like yourself. If you like what you've heard, please consider making a donation by visiting crcmich.org and clicking on Get Involved. Thank you for your support.